I think you laid that out really well. I give you a big pat on the back, uh, and that's why you're here to to set me up like that. You're welcome. Well, you know, make sure I come across like I don't know shit. Right. There you go. Drinking. Yeah. And and make me look better. Exactly. I tee up for you. So there you go. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post. Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jerry Wilkes, Aaron Austin, and this is the Bullyers. What's up, man? What's up, man? Are you in a good mood tonight? I, I am. Although Kim may be disappointed that I'm back for more. You know, after after last week, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find anything else to do, so I'm here for another week. Listen, man, we've had we've had two fun shows on the uh, on the network uh, today. Uh, Magic Mike was hilarious. Magic was drinking Miller High Life, and uh, my dad had a rant about Betty White. So it's been a very uh, great uh, two shows, and and you've got you've got a lot to live up to. I've been a part of the one, so you now you have to be. Can we bring it home? I mean, that's the question. I don't know. Do you have it in you? I mean, I don't know how you, li- I, for one, I don't know how you do two, multiple shows a week or a day. I don't know how you even listen to the Magic Mike show. So, I mean, for you to just be able to get through all those, I don't know how you had any, anything left to get to this, you know, to this, this point. It seemed like Magic was a little drunk, so that made the show <laughs> good today. <laughs> so that was, I, I told him, I even said on the chat, I said, for the first time ever, this is really funny today. <laughs> so, so no, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just with dudes with bet sports, I just like mm-hmm. say something and then let him go off in all his directions. So it's really pretty easy, you know. You just kind of just have to give him a little start, and then he'll take you the rest of the way. So um, yeah, no, this show, it's 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 you know, I have to carry it on my back, as Kim would say, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> yeah, should we should we swap? You just go ahead and take over the. Uh, you be you want to be uh, the host of this thing? I'll just kind of. You know, fuck around on this end. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I feel like that's what you do. So that's what I do. Yeah. I was say, if you ask Kim, I mean, I, although I'm gonna do my best for Kim. This is for Kim. This show is dedicated to Kim. I'm gonna do my best to not say I don't know this show. And if you like, if you if you hear it, be like, dude, just say it. Be like, dude, have an opinion. That's what I want you to say. Just stop me and be like, dude, sack up and have an opinion. I feel okay. like I feel like I will do that. I, I I feel like I'll be good at that. And I I I'm really scared. I'm I'm scared about letting down all the fans. I I had my booster today, and Uh-oh. the last couple hours I've started to feel feel myself go down a little bit. So, Uh-oh. um, listen, I I I hope I cannot disappoint everyone. I I really am worried about it. Let's play a drinking game. And for all those uh, that are listening, even after the fact, just 
pop open a drink, whatever you'd like to drink, and uh, you know, just wait. If you hear I don't know from me, those don't count. Although you can if you want. Yeah. Um, pop a shot. All right. Uh, so big weekend. It's sort of big week. It's like kind of like the like the preview of the big weekend for next weekend of course pegasus is next weekend we have the lecomp this weekend at fairgrounds which of course is a derby prep it's like kind of the the, uh the next race for them in their series there and it really sets up the action of course we jump right in after uh gulfstream park february obviously hits and then boom all you know we really get going on the derby prep scene so sort of a derby prep Pegasus, Derby Preps hit. How are you feeling as we head into the last uh, couple weeks here in January? I feel like, thank God, we're heading into the last couple weeks of January. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, y- you know, you got to be, and, and we are, but you got to be kind of a hardcore fan it, it, after the Breeders' Cup until the Pegasus gets here, right? I mean, you really do. It's it, it's 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 not overly exciting uh, until, you know, you get to the Pegasus there. But like I was telling you today, people, it really, really starts to heat up. This week isn't bad. You got fairgrounds going, and it's a really good card. Uh, and then Pegasus, I, I told you, I said, you better be ready. This is it, because Pegasus through uh, the Belmont, we're going to be pretty busy. So uh, I'm glad we're here to this point now where where the, the, the big horses are going to start showing up again. And we got these big monster weekends uh, to look forward to. That's what racing is all about i mean i love it day in and day out but but for for the majority of people it's those big saturdays that really get people fired up so we're almost there and and thankfully uh, we are yeah it definitely feels like um i don't know about you i'm sure it kind of seems like you uh, same way but like you get all these names of horses right now and you, you know we've, we've talked about this over and over like how there's really isn't a horse that you're like excited. I mean, there's some that you got like, Oh yeah, that horse could be good. You know, chasing time was really good. And, but you still, it's so early. You don't know. And it's really hard to get excited, but it feels like we're starting to, you hear a name. You're like, yeah, who cares? Like that chances are that horse. Won't, you know, I won't need to know that a horse in May, but we're starting once you get into these preps here in the next couple of weeks and you know, definitely the next month, these names start to mean something. These, these are the horses that are like, a little bit of the real deal. And as we approach, we've talked about this a lot with the Bob Baffert situation. What's going to happen? You know, how many, you know, if he's not in, how many, you know, is Pletcher going to have six horses in the Derby? And, and what six are they going to be? You know, it's like, it feels like he could um, uh, get as many as he has right now. So yeah, it's really going to, I feel like we're, we're I can't th- remember a year where it, you're, when you're talking about Jan- even January to February, into February, where I feel like there's going to be such a, monumental shift and you're seeing that in the in the in the future wager on the derby future wagers on the pool tool it's like seven to five is the others seven to five usually it's like five to two uh maybe even higher than that seven to five i mean that you can tell they're like we don't know i mean there's yeah. i just feel like we don't know anything and what we're going to know <laughs> at the end of february <laughs> yeah I, you didn't say i don't know you said we don't know so we, thank you <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know it's funny uh our buddy ryan texted me uh yesterday and he said what is uh what not the big ones forget about the last round of press but before those like what prep is going to really tell us the most or be a pivotal moment so to speak and i i answered san felipe it just seems like that always is i think a rebel is a good answer as well but you know i thought about it a little bit more and it was such a good question uh to ask right now and I thought, you know, with this year, 
a lot of them could end up being the answer to his question. Uh, like, I still think the San Felipe, the Rebel, those are the most likely answers. But really, it just it's so wide open. It feels like one of those years where a derby, really, whether it's a winner or a really strong contender, really could come from anywhere right now. And in its own way, that's really exciting. And so it just kind of depends on what floats your boat. Do you want the two, three big stars and let's see them run and do they live up to the hype? Or, or do you want a, a year where we enter the Lecompte and people are like, well, you see a good performance here. They they might you know, hit the board in the Kentucky Derby. This might be a really, really good race. So yeah, it's it's exciting to to not know so much heading into these these uh, preps. Yeah, I mean, you got to go into these races with an open mind for sure, and and you know, kind of like, well, that wasn't Aspieson or whatever that won that race, so I'm just going to cross that horse off. You know, I don't care. It's like, well, this year kind of feels like it might be that kind of a year where you don't really know, like these horses, like it's not going to take a ton, you know, in order to get into the top twenty because it feels like it's going to be somewhat wide open like yeah maybe one or two really show themselves um but it really feels like you're gonna get into the kentucky derby with a bunch of horses that maybe worse horses than we've seen in the past let's just put it that way it, it does feel like a year like that is is what it's kind of gonna be there's not anybody jumping off the screen where it's like wow this this is gonna be a hall of fame type horse you know mm -hmm. um but like said, sometimes when you get that and then one jumps up in March and really starts to progress, you're like, oh, we're going to have a nine to five favorite. I, it's going to be one of the two. I don't think we're going into this race saying, wow, we got two or three. It's going to be a crazy matchup between between like two or three great horses. Um, but we'll see. You know, there, there's a lot to, to kind of unfold here. And yeah, like I said, we're going to really kick it off this weekend and it's not going to stop until we get to the Derby. Yeah, and before that, we have, of course, uh, the Pegasus next week. So if you haven't uh, seen it or haven't got it yet, go to racingdudes.com. Go get your hands on the Pegasus Inside Track Wagering Guide, now available for pre-sale. Of course, we've already started working on that, and the Life is Good Nick's Go matchup is looming. Uh, I've kind of put that off. Of course, you and I are going to be doing the, the uh, live bankroll uh, for that as well. And I've really, you and I talked about it a little bit, and I've, I've kind of intentionally put it off. Like, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know who I'm going to go with yet and how I'm going to handle that race. I mean, I think it, I mean, I'm not going to be stupid. I, I think it's one of the two. Uh oh, I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to go with yet. Drink up, buddy. Drink up, everybody. There's one. You're welcome. Um, but Halterman, do you know? Of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why would you? Of course I know. No, I know everything. Of course, I, you know, listen, I, I'm going to life is good until something tells me otherwise. That's that's where I'm at with it. Something that something could be he draws way outside and Nick's goes inside. But as of right now, if you said, hey, you got to put however much money to win on, on somebody in the Pegasus, life is good would be the pick right now. He just looks like a freaking monster. Um, but, you know, I saw a, a, a video of Nick's go galloping and uh, he's he just looks like he always does. He. He's the closest thing. He's become a closest thing to just a machine. Like you kind of, you know, magic jokes that I'm a jukebox. See, when we do those videos, he said, just put the quarter in and you, you, you do whatever I ask. That's Nick's go now. They <laughs> just put him on the track and he just kind of does the same thing every time. Just go fast early and just cruise around there. So, um, yeah, I, 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 
I think he's awfully good, but I think life is good on another level. So right now that's my pick, but you know, thankfully we don't have to make that official until, uh, you know, probably this time next week, maybe a day before. So. Yeah. Pletcher said uh, earlier this week, or I guess it would have been over the weekend, I believe, but he, anyways, he said that he's doing uh, life is good. That is doing uh, better than he, he thinks he's doing better than he was going into the breeders cup. And of course the breeders cup was unbelievable. So if he's doing better, Seems hard to believe that uh, that he. <laughs> I'm kind of leaning in your direction as well, but uh, yeah, we'll find out uh, who our picks are. And of course, go to racingnews.com. We have tons of coverage. Go to YouTube, our YouTube page for Pegasus information as well. We're kind of you know we're going to talk Derby a little bit after t- this weekend. We're shifting everything towards the Pegasus for all next week. We'll be back on the Derby Trail, and of course, we'll be on the Derby Trail for quite some time leading up to the first Saturday of May. All right, let's get to today's show. We're going to preview the 200K LeCompte Stakes. Uh, it's 2022 Kentucky Derby Prep Race at Fairgrounds, and we're going to give uh, Rapfire selections for the remaining stakes uh, action also on the undercard there at Fairgrounds. Let's go! And they're off. And the LeCompte Stakes. A Saturday at Fairgrounds. Uh, the, we're going to have Derby Prep. Uh, number two, I guess this is at fairgrounds. Uh, race 14, the comp stakes, grade three, 200 K for three-year-olds going one, one sixteenth miles. Of course, Kentucky Derby prep race, 10, four, two, one. And guess what? Bob Baffert's on in the race. So they all get points. That's what's exciting about this one. Field of nine lines up here. And he really comes down to these two last two really impressive. Well, one, okay. Let's just kind of both ways. You got the five epicenter who's been really impressive his last two starts for Asmussen. And then you got the three poppy cap for Mark Cassie, who hasn't been winning, but has been running in high caliber grade one races and running well, just not winning. So you kind of have the the question of is the three poppy cap getting the class relief that he needs in order to win or is epicenter kind of making that move up continually where he's going to pop off and make a big performance here. So it's between those two, I think, unless you have someone else in mind. I think you laid that out really well. I give you a big pat on the back. Uh, and that's why you're you. here to, to set me up like that. No. You're you know. welcome. Well, you know, I, I make sure I come across like, I don't know shit. Right. There you go. Drinking. Yeah. Um, and they make me look I, better. Exactly. I teed, I teed up for you. So there you go. It, it really is to me. It comes down to these two plus a little sneaky one. I'll talk about here in a second, but um, you know, I don't think that two-year-old crop, uh, you know, was very strong. I don't think that American Pharaoh was that strong of a race. I don't particularly think the Breeders' Cup Juvenile was that strong of a race. If I'm wrong about that opinion, I'm going to be wrong about this race. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and say it. But I am going to not pick Papa Cap in this spot because I just feel like, yeah, sure, he ran second uh, in some big-time races, the biggest one for a two-year-old, and that's great and all that. But – I don't really think there was much in that race. I just don't. And I know giant game is getting a lot of, you know, kind of respect uh, right now and hype. And I, I just, I'll believe it when I see it on the track in a race and with Papa cap, I think he'll get second in this race. And I think epicenter will beat him. Uh, I just think epicenter is, is a horse that's trending in the right direction. He got better from race one to race two, race two to race three. And I, I think if he shows up with that race in the gun runner that he, that he ran last time out, I just don't think Papa Cap's quite good enough to beat him. So I took Epicenter uh, on top in this one. Uh, I do acknowledge that if 
I'm wrong about that. Those two-year-old races, Papa Cap's probably going to win this one, but because uh, it is a class drop compared to that it, on paper. But if Epicenter was in those races that Papa Cap were in, was were in was in, would he have gotten second? Maybe is my is my thought. And so I'm going to go Epicenter and the Aspusen horse making it three in a row here. Well, you got this is a a big a big race for the fantasy league as well, right? Mm-hmm. You got obviously Epicenter with the Magic Mike team and and uh, the fans have uh, have couple in here with at, you know decent uh, shots with the four and the six, and of course uh, Papa Cap on Real Dynasty who is already in the lead, you know. So yeah. uh, so you know this is a big we're gonna make a jump here. Um, someone's going to make a jump. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind of with you on this. Like that's really ultimately why I couldn't. That's why I couldn't pick the three to win. Just because, well, for two reasons really. Because one, I'm kind of with you in terms of, I'm really not sure what we saw from those races that that the public caps running, especially particularly the ju- the juvenile. Um, it, it, I'm not the giant game buzz. Like, give me a break. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> it's like people haven't. Like they just were born or something. Um, it, it's just it's unbelievable that it's like giant game gets this hype. It's like okay. I think how, we just were born. How, how many times has Del Romans won the Derby? Yeah. I'll wait. Not I mean many. Well, the answer is zero. Um it, the thing is, is I think with Epicenter, like where Papa Cap, I hate that angle of being like, well, you know, like he's getting class relief, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he could win this one. Problem is he hasn't won since August, guys. That's that's the problem with him. Epicenter, on the other hand, romped, geared down December 26th. Oh, yeah, he romped before that in November as well. Like, I think this horse is just getting better and better. This is the horse that I had keyed on my list um, in the fantasy league that I really wanted to get and just, I think this horse went second round to magic Mike and I didn't get there in time to, to, to snag him. So, um, but no, I'm with you. I, I really think epicenter is kind of, I don't know if I would say the real deal. I'm not sure anybody's real deal at this point, but I think he's probably the best of this uh, fairgrounds bunch right now. I think you're right. Uh, and I think, I just think they're going to have to run. Somebody's going to have to run an approved race to beat him. Now, I do want to make our, our buddy Austin Elsie, who's watching the show, I want to make him happy, okay? And I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it, but I actually think his two and his and Steve's, I should say, fantasy horses before uh, Trafalgar and the six Cyberknife, I actually think they're the most likely upsetters in this race. Uh, I'll start with Cyberknife. This horse has a ton of talent. I really believe that. I just don't know if he's mentally there yet, but he is capable of running with this, with this group, I think, um, you know, and Brad Cox has said as much as he's, he's struggling to figure it out mentally. Well, I don't know if you figure it out in a grade three race or not, you know, uh, but I do think he's got talent and I do think he can kind of get out to the front and he's going to be kind of hard to pass here. So I think Cyberknife's got a big time shot. Uh, Trafalgar, the four horse, you know, he stretched out last time out. He still won. He wasn't quite as impressive. Al Stahl's not a dummy, though. And I don't think he'd put him in here if he thought he couldn't get a mile of 16th or he thought that'd be a problem. I don't think he's quite as talented as Cyberknife uh, as far as a, a horse kind of play as a long shot or maybe you want to play underneath. But I think he's going to be 
fitting in pretty well with this group. So I think the four and the six are kind of the two horses to look at uh, as longer prices and here that's got a shot. Yeah, I like the six uh, a lot better than the four, uh, but I, I do be both of them doing some damage here in terms of underneath, I, I think is very possible because they're both making that right progression, you know, like they're, they're, they're like epicenter in some ways like that they have kind of making the right progressions up. Uh, whereas the three, it feels like while he is taking a class drop down, I would much rather take a shot with the four and the six uh, than I would the three. I don't know about you, but I would much rather tr- at least try, like the six I'm in particular. You. To me, six is who I have second because I just think the six, I mean, come on, it's Brad Cox, the gun runner, the horse was 400K horse, dominated, and I wouldn't say dominated, but looked good at fairgrounds last time out, got a decent number. And then the four, really, like you say, like looked pretty good last time at fairgrounds too. So, I, both of those horses will be de- you'll be more than playable odds and the thing is especially about the six cyber knife if he goes and wins this thing like he goes from being oh like he's like brad cox's whoever like he doesn't have any you know that's like his best horse or that's not his best horse or whatever like you don't really no one's really talking about cyber knife to being like oh he's a real deal because yeah. look at his, look how he's bred look at his purchase price look who's trained look you know what i mean like there's a lot to like if this horse goes and, 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 you know, handles his business here. So I think there's a lot to tell. I guess I'll segue that into this kind of feels like the comp maybe necessarily isn't the most like, like the race you're looking at the most in terms of how productive will this race be towards the Kentucky Derby. But it feels like there's a, there's a handful in here more than I can, you know, especially maybe it's just because we don't know about any of these horses right now, but it definitely feels like there's a lot of possibilities with horses in here. Yeah, I, I, again, talking to Ryan a couple days ago, and, and and he gets a different perspective because he is a fan like of racing, but he's not a gambler. So he looks at every race not as, okay, who can we bet here? Who's going to win? That's not necessarily, but what kind of potential does this race have? Are there good horses? And he's like, you know, looking at these pedigrees, he goes, even the ones that they really haven't maybe shown their best yet, they, they can. Like, they've got nice pedigrees. There's really solid uh, barns in here. Um, so he's excited for Papa Cap and Epicenter, but he's also very acknowledging of, hey, there's there's some horses that could jump up. So I think it's I think it's pretty good. This this circuit was pretty good last year, right? We're going to talk about a couple that headline this circuit uh, here in a minute uh, that are back uh, as four year olds. But I think you're looking at a pretty decent, you know, pretty decent set of horses here. I think there'll be a t- We'll kind of on you know Saturday evening, Sunday morning, be like, yeah, there was two or three pretty nice ones that are going to move forward, and uh, you know run in the deeper waters of the Risen Star that that'll be next. Uh, Dennis asked if it's either real deal if he wins, meaning Cyberknife. I, I mean, I'm going to say he's, I wouldn't say he's like the real deal. I mean, there's a lot to be te- so, you know to be uh, told on that. But I think if he wins, he goes from being like a horse that really he's six to one in the comps to a horse that's like a, one of the top tier of the horses we've got because it's who is trained by and and uh and it's assuming he runs well like what the performance looks like so i really think beat the here's the thing about the three that does cons- it, it's about playing against like the 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 race should set up quite nice for the three um i think if the race gets kind of the, the right trip because it does seem like there's going to be, you know, a lot of these horses, a lot of front end speed. It's going to be quick. It's going to be quick, I think. And it's going to be about the horse who has the best kind of stocking trip, I feel like, um, that's going to be able to win this thing. And so the three, if the three is good enough, the three is dangerous because I don't necessarily believe the three is going to be 
on the lead by any means. So, yeah. you know, the four, the five, the six, all, um, all have shown speed uh, in particular uh, in their last races or at least last couple of races, the one um, as well. What, you know, the one, what was the horse uh, in the, in the last one there that did up the gun runner? Was that, uh, that rocket dog is that what it oh was? yeah brad cox's yeah rocket yeah dog. Mm-hmm. that was the horse that was like kind of the high horse of uh at least of the fantasy draft and that horse obviously not <laughs> not here no no and i don't know where he's gonna be i haven't heard anything on him he didn't show up and that's kind of why epicenter was just kind of left it was really built up as rocket dog versus epicenter and he didn't show up and you know i think this one's a little bit deeper and like i said the one surfer dude uh, was third in that race, but just yeah. beaten badly. And and Teano Twist is a pretty nice horse as well, but just beaten badly. Probably more of a one-turn horse. So there's better horses in this race for sure. Yep. So Epicenter uh, is my is my pick. It's your pick as well. Over under uh, two and a half ago. That's a little bold. Two and a half on on uh, Derby starters out of this race. I'll go under. I think two and a half is is. I think it's safe to go under. A lot can happen between now and then. What if I said one and a half? I I'd probably go over. I think two. <laughs> so it's is, close. Okay, is yeah. the safe one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Epicenter uh, to me feel. I mean, it's really. I think two is probably the way I'd go there as well because obviously, um, Papa Cap has the points or has points, um, right? American Pharaoh mm-hmm. uh, in the juvenile. I don't know with Papa Cap's like, top, like towards the top of the leaderboard, isn't he? I think he's number one. Um, because of you know because of the Bob Baffert thing, not not accruing points. Yeah, he's at twelve points. Papa yeah, Cap, twelve is, points so. now leads in his hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, because it's not uh because there's no uh no Baffert allowed. So yeah, yeah so Papa Cap's got points. He feels like you know all he needs to like, probably run second here again, get some more points. Like he might kind of bang his way into there you go. Uh, into the Kentucky Derby starting gate. So, <laughs> um, that I do know. All right, Halterman and I are both on the five epicenter. Time <laughs> for Rapid Fire presented by the Inside Track to the 2022 Pegasus World Cup Wager Guide. That's right, get the all inclusive wager guide to the sixth annual Pegasus World Cup next Saturday. Gulfstream Park features a depth analysis of all seven stakes on the card, including Life is Good versus Nick's Go in the three million dollar Pegasus World Cup. That's not all along with the seven major stakes races. This wager guide also includes race by race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire Saturday card. If you want more, we got it. This guide will also feature an exclusive bankroll article from yours truly and Aaron Halterman. I may not know what I'm doing, but he does. It'll only be available in the guide. You can only get that last year. I think we had like a 49% ROI on the Pegasus World Cup day. We'll have top four consistent plays from all the team at RacingDudes.com, all included in this guide as well. Go to RacingDudes.com on the products page to learn more and get your hands on that copy. It is available for pre-sale right now. Be the first to get it when it is available next week. All right. All right. The undercard's not too shabby as, uh, as well on uh, on Saturday at Fairgrounds Halter. Of course, we got some main special ways. We got some allowance races. And then we get some stakes action that's not the LeComp. And we'll kick things off with race 10, the Marie G. Krantz Memorial Stakes. It's a uh, 250K, uh, or I'm sorry, it's a, I'm, I was reading it above it. It's 100K, Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up, going 116 miles on the turf. Field of 12, 
lines up for this one. Summer of Saratoga is seven to two. I mean, anytime you have a seven to two favorite in any kind of race, you know it's a difficult race. I'm sorry, abs absent, absent, yeah, three to one. So really, a three to one, seven to two. Again, stays true. You know that it's a tough race when you've got a three to one and seven to two battling for favoritism. Uh, it's a turf race. Twelve horses at the fairgrounds going to mile sixteenth, dude. You're playing the pick five sequence here. You, how do you, how do you survive this leg? You get a long shot home in this leg. That's how you survive it. You don't play favorites in this leg. Uh, something wild's going to happen here. I went number four, lovely ride at twelve to one on top. Uh, I, I just feel like this is the type of horse that's going to win a race like this. Uh, it may not have the best numbers of any of any of the horses on the turf, but you know, had a ton of races over the dirt. Uh, weren't weren't too bad. You know, he won here and there. Last time out, debuts on the turf, makes a turf debut, and wins by uh, three quarters of a length. And just looked like a a had a much more, you know, just a quicker turn of foot, uh, turning for home. So got the win over the course. Now second time on the turf for Calhoun. I think the horse improves. I love the price. I went price on it. I said I'm not playing the one. I'm not playing the five. Uh, you know, I'm not playing the ten. I'm going for a bomb. I'm going number four, lovely ride here. I, I think at 12 to one, uh, this horse makes a ton of sense. Yeah, man, it's funny. Uh, I think you and I are kind of on the same page here. I, 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 I wanted to play um, the five summer in Saratoga. Like that horse makes sense, right? And if you're going to play your tickets, I think you got to include horses won two races in a row. Um, has looked pretty good as well. Of course, the fairgrounds last time out. But how about we go with the other? How about the other Joe Sharp? Is that an angle? Number two, catch a bid. That was a horse that you look at the last race. So I'm talking about this horse looked very confident, very professional, got to the lead, kind of looked like, uh-oh, this horse, this horse is like 16 to one. This horse might, might get home. And then just got caught by Summer in Saratoga. Fit, held on for third, beating one in the one and one half length. So the horse was right there. Joe Sharp enters uh enters her right back. Yeah, Hernandez back aboard. I, I don't know. I think, you know, these two pair up and, and do quite well. And that was on December 26th, going to mile 16th. The last two works, 60105, 7 to 7-41. I think this horse might be doing pretty well. And Joe Sharp's like, hey, let's try it again. So I think this horse at a price is worth the play when you're looking for it. I like the four as well. I thought the four was very interesting for Calhoun. That was one I, I almost pulled the trigger with as well. So I... I I think you and I are on the same page here is you got to go some, you got to find a price here because there are some, some singles or possible singles that I like coming up. Uh, a couple of people are mentioning the eight, the horse from Brazil, Chris and Dennis in the, in the chat. Yeah. Eight to one is a fairy tale. I think this one is one you got to use, but I think eight to one is a fairy tale. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And I, I thought you were going to go on from that because yeah, I agree. It's like, yeah, the horse is <laughs> the horse is never lost. He's going with Brad Cox. Yeah. Get Rosario to ride eight to one. Give me a break. I mean, so that's why I didn't use because I just thought if I, if I if you, if you can promise me eight to one, sure. But it's gonna be like three to one. You know, this horse is gonna yeah. be pounded. I've been around. We've been around. I should say long enough to know that. Like you know, used used to you'd go, okay, I need to play. I need to play the price here. I just don't like the favorites. Oh, this horse is eight to one. And we'll play it, and then you get there, and it's like it's five to two <laughs> when they get in the gate. And and I, I didn't want to do that here. I, I wanted a true horse that I think would be a long shot, and I think Lovely Ride fits that bill, and I think yours does too. 
Um, if I let's see, Mark says I like the I like pass the plate and the, the six if the two scratches. I like to pass the plate as well. Um, yeah, if the two scratch, if Joe if Joe Sharp doesn't, I haven't heard of anything otherwise. But if the horse does, if he doesn't run the horse, um, obviously that won't be the pick. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought uh, I kind of like the uh, pass the plate as well. The ten, I thought that was an interesting horse. Um, the numbers were semi strong uh, there as well. I think the 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 the, uh, the idea here is you got to go deep. Um, yeah, you got to go deep here because you got to survive. Because you, there are some very playable races in the next couple of races where you can, I think you can afford, um, you can afford to go go light. Now we'll we'll start with race eleven, where you think might you might be able to go that direction. And the Silver Bullet Day Stakes, uh, of course, this is a Kentucky Oaks Prep race, ten four two one for your top four finishers, one hundred fifty k for Phillies three year olds going one mile and seventy yards, filled to sixth, Halteran, but the five man last time out looked damn good. Lacrete for Steve Asmussen Rosario uh, on board, but I mean, make no mistake, you've got you've got some pride. Like all these are very reason. Other than two horses, you got five to two on Sweetest Pie. You got five to two on Fanny and Freddie. You got nine to two on Berna Breezy. So it, it seems competitive on paper. But what do you think of the five uh, as as a possible single? Yeah, I'm on the five here. I I don't know about a single. I think you might get one of those a little bit later in the sequence. Uh, we'll talk about, but I am on the five here for Astus, and this horse looked really, really good on debut. And you know, the, I, I, I give extra bonus points to a horse that debuts going two turns as a two-year-old and wins. I think that's very impressive, and that's what this horse did last time out. So uh, you look at the the pace projections, and, it, and listen, pace projections are tough with this early with three-year-olds because some of them, you know, almost all of them, just don't have a ton of races, but. You look at what they've done so far, if they kind of unfold like that, five should be out on the lead, right? And if yeah. that happens and she gets cruising on the lead, I think she's going to be tough to catch. So, yeah, I I don't know. I'm, I'm toying with the single on a different leg. We'll talk it through. But uh, I, I do uh, think the five is going to be awfully tough here. Yeah, that five, you know, just just one gear down last and, I, and the numbers didn't come back overly strong, but I'm not going to – I'm not too worried about it. I mean, the horse <laughs> – horse cruised you know yeah. and it was ne- never really a, a test and of course nice nicely bred horse stone street uh owned so i i think this horse i mean i'm with you I, i'm not sure if i'm if it's single material just because the horse is one you know one maiden you know one a maiden and then going here but you could see the horse say getting caught if if the horse maybe just isn't quite professional enough maybe um, but I'm with you. A horse cruises on, on debut going to mile 16th. That's a horse that you need to know. So I like the five uh, a lot here. Uh, let's see. Any, any comments? One and five for me uh, from Mark, uh, Frankie, I, and Freddie. What do you think of that horse? Yeah, the one would be the other one I would use here. And I'm, like I said, at, at this moment, I'm toying with, do I go one five there and single somewhere else? Or do I single there and, 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 and maybe play a couple in this other race coming up? So, yeah, the one is the one I'm, I'm most worried about for sure. All right, let's go uh, to the next one here. Race 12, the Colonel ER Bradley Stakes. This is a uh, worth 100K for four-year-olds and up going one one sixteenth miles on the turf. Field 12 shows up for this one, Alterman, and it's, an, it's another one of those turf races, right? That we've, uh, you know, I, I, I'm interested to know where you thought here because I thought this one was 
just as difficult as the last uh, turf race. Three to one on the six, two Emmys. Another case where you've got a seven to two, three to one, somewhere in that range, you know, as your favorite. And can you really play three to one, a three to one favorite in this race? No, you can't. <laughs> so I, I did not play two Emmys in this one. Uh, I didn't go with a with a double digits uh, price, but I didn't go with a six to one shot. I think number two Halo again is pretty interesting. This horse uh, had been up in Canada, which is an odd place for Asterson horse to be, but uh, that's where he was. And he'd been running on the synthetic there at Woodbine and been doing pretty good. He hadn't hadn't disgraced himself. Third in a grade three, fourth in a grade two, but only beaten two links and was beaten by Mighty Heart and Sir Winston. A couple of um, well. They're okay, I guess. But, uh, you know, got to the turf at Fairgrounds last time out and was a nice winner. And I think if we see the same type of thing as with the horse I picked and raced in, if second time on the turf, we see a jump up and improvement here. And, and second time over this course, if we see an improvement, I think Halo again fits in really, really well. So I like the price. I hope we get six to one. And I'm going to take number two Halo again. It's funny we're going with the uh, uh, the same out of race, it's a different horse. I went number okay. eight, Mon- Monarchs Glen, um, but that was a horse that was was trying to run down your horse, Halo, again last time out at Fairgrounds. Of course, going to mile sixteen. The last two that's the thing. These last two races from Monarchs Glen have been good, just hasn't quite gotten there yet. And so you wonder, like, is the horse good enough? Is the horse too slow? Is the horse? I mean, that's possible. <laughs> but I do think there's plenty of speed in this race to set the race up well for the eight Monarchs Glen. Maker now gets Bravo to ride, which I like that move up on the turf for Bravo to jump aboard this horse for Maker. So I think this horse, like you, the horse was so wide last time out, was flying late, but just couldn't quite get up there in time. I mean, at eight to one, I'm, it's, I think it's worth playing again. I had this horse on top last time in that race that you're talking about. So, so I, you're, I, so you're, you're way pissed is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Because it just felt like the whole time. Oh, going to win, going to win. And it didn't. Um, he kind of does that. I've had him on I top know. a lot through the years. Um, you know, I, I like this turf course for him, even though he's finished third, two straight times over it. I, I do like this turf course for him. So, I like the pick. He'll be on it. He'll be on my ticket. Uh, let's see, Mark says two, three, six, eight for me. Eight is my top pick. Uh, should get the setup, but I fear fear uh, Father Time is catching up with his closing kick. Yeah, and he might be right. Definitely, that this that's what ultimately why the eight is my top pick because I do feel like the the pace setup should be there for him. But you can't get it done here. He may not get it done. Um, yeah. It seems like that, that might be it. All right, so it comes down to this one because I. I'm surprised that you might single out of this race. Uh, race 13, the Louisiana Stakes. It's grade three with 150K for four-year-olds and up. Going one and one sixteenth miles, and this is the race uh, we uh, we previewed earlier. I talked about a little bit earlier. Race seven, or I'm sorry, field of seven, and it's the battle. Mandaloon, your even money favorite, versus Midnight Bourbon, six to five. It's it's not Nick's go. It's not life as good, but it's close. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 two horses that have been battling each other uh, at least all last year. And Mandaloon, maybe eventually will be the Kentucky Derby winner. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> at this rate, it may be you know, three years, but he might be. But Mandaloon finished second the Kentucky Derby, of course, had taken some time off. His back Midnight Bourbon had a huge campaign last year, decided to not run the Breeders' Cup. He's back. They're both four now. Halterman. 
tell me, walk me through this. How did you get to a possible single out of this? I just think if Mandaloon is at his best, he's a better horse than Midnight Bourbon. That's that's how I got. Uh, I, that's how I got to him. Um, you know, I just think he's. I just think he's a little bit better than Midnight Bourbon. You also have to look. Midnight Bourbon ran a trash ass race last time out in the Clark, and it just seems like when the horse looks like he's set up for a win, he runs like trash. When the horse seems like he's up against it, he'll run great and get beat. Uh, and I just think Mandaloon is one you can trust a little bit more. It's interesting; these horses have faced off five times, and. Each time they've lost, in some cases, they've had excuses, right? So they, they last year's Lecompte, they mm-hmm. they uh, they squared off. Midnight Bourbon kind of just beat Mandaloon fair and square. The next time, Risen Star, Mandaloon beats Midnight <laughs> Bourbon. The next time, losing a derby, you could have beat Mandaloon. He just didn't show up. And so Midnight Bourbon was ahead of him. The derby, obviously, Mandaloon beats him. So it's 2-2. And really, it's like, okay... It's fairly even. The Haskell, Mandaloon finishes ahead of uh, of Midnight Bourbon, but Midnight Bourbon fell down and lost <laughs> a jockey. So it's pretty close, really, when you look at these head-to-heads. They've got legit excuses when they get beat. I just, you know, I just look at it and say, you know, Mandaloon ended up winning, quote-unquote, the Haskell. But even though he didn't cross the wire first, he still, he was a nose away from winning it, right? I mean... He was a half length away from winning the Kentucky Derby. This horse, when he's at his best, is better than Midnight Bourbon. So that's that's why I've got Mandaloon on top. Yeah, you know, the thing about the Mandaloon is, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about when you think, you look at these two horses. Mandaloon's made $1.6 million. Uh, Midnight Bourbon's made $1.1. Mandaloon has been the favorite in every race he's been in other than I think three, the Derby and the Haskell, where he was like three to one. Midnight Bourbon's only been the favorite like twice mm-hmm. in his career, which was one was the Clark, where he finished third, and the one was on debut. And and so it's kind of to your point, Mandaloon has kind of always been the horse that was better, or at least thought to be better. And whether it been you know either crazy things happening in races or you know possible injuries or whatever like the horse just hasn't quite gotten himself in to be like that top level horse but i do i do agree with you i think at his best at their best mandaloon is better and that's where i went with too i i i I don't know if i have the stones to single the two i think i would single the two over the five in that that philly um, in, in the silver bullet, so maybe I would if you had to find a single out of that sequence of two, because I could live with the two. If the single, if you know, if he it doesn't win, it's like well, whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, uh oh, boom, there's one. Drink up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> the, the only horse that the only time he ne- didn't show up, Mandaloon, that is, is the Louisiana Derby. Yeah, exactly. And listen. Midnight Bourbon has not won in over a year now, right? I mean, it's it's just he gets old after a while. It was kind of fun for a while, and then he then he ran like total dog shit in the Clark, and it's like that nah, he's done. Like I'm I'm not. So he might come back and win here. He looks like he's got to be loose on the lead, but 
Uh, I don't know. And Dennis makes a good point, and I didn't. I had not realized this. The three and the five are brothers. They both have the same dam. And it's funny because those are the two horses that have the most speed. So you can see the brothers out there wearing each other out, <laughs> which would be interesting. I didn't know that. That's a really good fact. Uh, Catch the Moon is the, the dam of both those horses. So pretty interesting. Um, here's Mark, a question I thought oh, was sorry, interesting. Yeah. Oh, Mark said, thank God I'm at work or Jared will get me drunk. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm at work too, Mark, so I can't. Uh, also, does it worry you the warrants in the race? So Brad Cox does enter warrant in this race. What do you make of that? I do, I, to me, personally, it doesn't bother me. I, in some cases, it, you're talking about 12 to 1 horse versus an even money horse. I don't necessarily believe that there's like some over big, you know, big picture here where they're like oh well you know we like warm better so I, to me it's like warren won the oklahoma derby and should, we'll, we'll run him here maybe get second to to uh to mandaloon i don't necessarily see that as any kind of tell you know tell that's saying hey we don't like mandaloon very much i kind of lean that way as well it seems like a pretty good starting off point for warren and you know maybe Maybe he can come up and get a piece of it. Like I said, this was a pretty good horse. Uh, yeah, I, this this horse, you know, he's he did a pretty pretty nice job last year. He really did. Uh, went in that, down at Lone Star and then went up that like I said, won the Oklahoma Derby. Different uh, different uh, bunch today though. It could just be like you know the horse needs to needs a race to run and and uh, you know let's not kid ourselves. The horse was running you know like yeah ran at fairgrounds some. Has won at Fairgrounds, Oakland, has ran at Oakland, you know, Mountaineer, Lone Star. You know, it's like that's the kind of Remington, that's that's the level this horse is at, and this is a jump up, but it's like, hey, we'll give it a shot. The horse has won at Fairgrounds before, the likes of distance, let's try it. So I don't necessarily look at that as any kind of issue. And you know, back to the the two versus the three, I feel like with you especially, but I've been there too with Midnight Bourbon. I'm with you, like it just kind of feels like and it kind of goes back to not to compare him to Poppy Cat because Poppy Cat has a lot to prove, but it just feels like, yeah, at a certain point, I can only pick you so many times. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I know for you that I know you're gonna say the Preakness. That was it, right? Because you, 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 you thought Midnight Bourbon. I'm gonna get him right here. This is the horse. He's gonna win this race. You look at that stretch. He's winning. He's going to win the race. And he's and and I get it, Ron Bauer freaked, but still he couldn't win the race, and that ha- keeps happening to this horse. I feel like, and it's just there's a certain point where you just like, I can't do it anymore. Pretty much, yeah. And and you know, going into that Preakness, it's like okay, we've got like we're starting to see some legit type of things that like okay, he won, and then he got beat by Mandaloon, who got second in that Derby and ran so well. It's like okay, that was a really good horse. He got beat by Hot Rod Charlie in the Louisiana Derby. Yeah, okay, but that's a really nice horse. You know, he got a terrible trip at the Kentucky Derby, and it's like, boom, perfect spot. He should win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's the it, thing, too. You, you got the, the times it didn't match up. You know, Hot Rod Charlie, I feel like the, if Hot Rod Charlie is the measuring stick, yeah, Mandaloon was was very much either better or competitive to, to him versus yeah. Midnight Bourbon kind of was dramatic. You could tell okay hot rods better than midnight bourbon you could just tell yeah, yeah. and he you know he because the haskell happens then he goes up to the travers that was highly predictable that he would get the lead and get beat late like i i could have seen that coming from a mile away the way that race set up he was going to be a lot of people's pick 
He's five to one that day who, who played pace horses because he had that easy lead. But as we've seen in those big time races, when you got a big time horse, those got those horses just can't quite finish it. So I didn't hold out against him. He went to Pennsylvania Derby again, pretty predictable. He can't beat hot rod Charlie. He's not as good as him, but the Clark is the one that pissed me off for the final time. <laughs> he was lone speed and he ran like a jackass in that race. And that's when I was like, I am done with you. So, um, listen, I'm going to try. I, I think Vandaloon is just a little bit better horse. So, I, I, right as of now, I'm leaving single. I could end up going too deep and then single in uh, Lacrate or Lacrete in the in the Philly race, the Silver Bullet Day. We'll see. We'll see. Make sure you uh, you check out the picks at RacingDudes.com on Saturday to make sure to see what Haltzman is uh, deciding to do with that uh, that sequence there. A um, couple final thoughts from some of the comments here. Uh, Samage likes Warren. Sylvian mm. says, uh, so that, so take that. Uh, Mark says one big X factor for Cox is he's 35% first time Lasix, which is Mandaloon. Um, for, I got 40% on my end, Mark. So I, that either way, it's a very high number um, uh, for, for Brad Cox. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see. Did we not see Midnight have to check hard at the top of the stretch of the Pennsylvania Derby? Jackson wants to know. Yeah, I thought he ran great at Pennsylvania Derby. I have no, like I like I just said, I, he came out of that. He ran great. That did not cost him the race, but it may have cost him a length. You know, he may have been a little closer. It's the Clark. He had no excuse in the Clark. And that's, you know, that's just where I, I just can't can't do him again yeah and don't and yeah definitely please don't make that like you know saying like he should have won had not been, like no you uh, <laughs> that if he would got if, if hot rod would got dq for the pinchman derby that have been the worst dq of all time i feel like that was just such a bullshit yeah. i couldn't figure out what they were even looking at i mean i get it that's that happens you get forces get pushed out but no give me a break yeah yeah and here's the other thing mark says he's, he's one for one at this distance <laughs> You know, uh, I don't think the horse wants eight and a half, uh, any more than eight and a half furlongs. Problem is, he's lost rate. He, he's okay. So he ran at a mile. You'd think a mile would be perfect for him. He's one out of four at a mile. You know, his biggest problem is he's not that good. That really is. He's he's he is the he's like the classic tweener. You don't want to put him in like ungraded races because he's better than that. But he's not quite grade one high grade two type of a horse right and so this race would have been perfect for him grade three nice nice little grade three for him and then uh oh mandaloon shows up and so i think if mandaloon's like at his best i think midnight bourbon will have trouble beating him if mandaloon's not midnight bourbon i think will cruise in this race for sure i just don't think he's good enough to beat like the top top caliber horse and he's and uh, and, and he's shown that all year be, you would have to be insane to argue against me. He, he's had a million chances. I mean. <laughs> almost literally. Almost literally. He's, he's almost two there. for 13. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. You know this one, Alterman. Midnight yeah, Bourbon reminds me of an Oakland yep. horse about 14 years ago, Jonesboro. Yeah. Yep. I think Midnight Bourbon's a little bit better than Jonesboro was, I think. But similar. Very similar. They, they also, they both like to get out in front and they both when they face the right competition, they they would not get past. And you go, okay, he's ready. And then they would step up and it'd be like, 
ah, shit, he just couldn't hold that horse off, you know? Um, so, yeah. Dennis says Midnight Bourbon hasn't faced Tacitus. Who would win, Tacitus or Midnight Bourbon? Midnight Bourbon would be Tacitus. <laughs> oh. Not it's that's not even I don't even think it'd be close. <laughs> okay, let's uh let's wrap let's wrap up the rapid fire. Halterman and I are both on number two Mandaloon uh to 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 cap off <laughs> to cap off a very fun rapid fire. <laughs> so all the time we have check us out racingdews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on the products page. Click the get racing news premium button on the menu at racingdews.com to learn more remember to go check out the inside track to the 2022 pegasus world cup wagering guide that's available for pre-sale right now be the first to get that when that is available be sent uh you'll probably get an email and then you'll be able to just go download it right in the dashboard when it is available be the first to do that at racingdudes.com we're working on that right now uh big time guide and halter and i will be playing that uh live bankroll as well remember racingdudes.com is your destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks we're on twitter at racing underscore dudes instagram and facebook you can find us uh all our episodes of blinkers off by visiting our podcast page at racingdudes.com apple apple podcast spotify google podcast amazon music stitcher captive captivate or you can watch all our videos amongst all kinds of videos on youtube go to youtube just type in racing dudes on youtube uh, if you want some more information uh, from handicapping perspective, Magic Mike Show, Sam Houston, late pick four, Saturday late pick four preview. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Fairgrounds. I, honestly, I, I I thought about you and I doing the fairgrounds, right, tonight, like a, mm-hmm. like a pick five or something. Um, I thought that'd be kind of, you know, we, we basically did cover the light pick five. We kind of did, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, surely Magic Mike's doing fairgrounds, so <laughs> we won't do that. Sam Houston, though. No. I think they did it Monday. It's, a, it's the last part. Did they not do one earlier? No, they did a Sam Houston one, but I think they did the fairgrounds card on Monday. For Saturday? Yeah. Because I got on there and I'm like, why are they doing Sam Houston? And then I looked, I looked back and I'm like, I think they did the fairgrounds card on Monday. Well, that makes no sense, but okay. No, not any. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You got to bet with your dollar or give your opinion with your wage i don't know i don't know some some kind of bullshit over there midnight bourbon (laughs) is way better than prep ones (laughs) dennis let me tell you let me me give you a little insight of my life my life is busy i I, between between running the site and i have two gremlins you think i give two shits about the magic bike show (laughs) i mean the answer is no he doesn't i'm in a group text with Halterman and the Magic Mike guys. I get enough of the Magic Mike guys. So if I want their opinion, I'll find it. And he would Otherwise, love to leave that group text message, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there's times where I'm, I, I, I don't know. If someone knows, do you know how to, I don't know how to leave a group text. I've, you I've can't tried. leave a group text if it's, if somebody doesn't, if everybody has an iPhone, you can leave it. But oh, Magic doesn't have an iPhone, so you can't yeah. leave those. Yeah, I looked. I keep looking every time. I keep trying to look, and it's like, fuck, I can't get out of this. <laughs> like every time, um, I have it. I have it on silent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I figured. For, Jared sounds like a '50s housewife. Like his yep. dreams don't count. It's true. <laughs> My dreams, yeah. It is okay. two day two two days on and two days off. The two days oh. off, your dreams count. The two days oh. on, <laughs> two days on, two yeah, two days on, two days off, three days on, three days off. No, right. yeah, no, it's uh, 
it's just it's just what it is, you know. But uh, no, the Magic Mike show. I have a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of things that are interesting to me. That that's not one of them. Um, okay, so let's go real quickly, Halterman. We got the divisional games this weekend. I know, I know. You talked about this on the Do to Bet Sports, so go check out that podcast. Do to Bet Sports. Just go look at that on all those same platforms. But real quickly, let's just run through the the, uh, the four games. Of course, we've got Tennessee and Green Bay coming off their buys. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait. Steve, Gil, Gil Feather. <laughs> Can't wait for the Josh Allen show. It's going to be hilarious. You re- Okay, so let's get to the games. Tennessee, <laughs> what, what are you laughing about? He struck a nerve, and I love it. I could tell. Yeah. Steve Gilfeather. All right, go. <laughs> Who are we picking in this first one? The fuck, the fucking, the, the the height for the Bills is just unmatched right now. <laughs> well, just, we could talk about the game, but we got to talk about these first it's ones. So first. stupid. It's so ridiculous. Okay, um, Cincinnati at Tennessee. We're, we're gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you the. I think it's about three and a half. It's it's kind of all over. But two and a half opened up three. Let's go three and a half. Which one you go? Which way are you going? I think Tennessee. I went Tennessee minus three and a half. I just think they're a little bit better team. I think they're able to control the ball here. Uh, I think the Bengals will get some points, but I do think Tennessee will frustrate them a bit. Uh, I'm going to go Tennessee minus the three and a half to kick it off. Minus three and a half for me as well for Tennessee. Um, you said everything. I think uh, I really think they'd beat him without Henry, to be honest with you. I think just they just kind of have the pieces of being able to control clock. I would hope at this point a team like the one seed in the AFC would figure out how to stop Chase a little bit. I hope at some point we could figure that out. Um, and so I hopefully with a couple of games, of course, getting the Chiefs, they got burned by him, and obviously the Raiders. Um, they've been he, he's he's been unbelievable. You would hope they do that. So I think that they find a way to slow him down, and then of course the run game for them. So three and a half minus three and a half for Tennessee. I think the uh, AFC Championship. Uh, unfortunately, we played in Tennessee. All right, San Francisco at Green Bay, minus five and a half. So this thing opened up at four and a half, minus four and a half. Now it's at minus five and a half, Green Bay. Are you taking the uh, the hype from the the, uh, the Niners game after beating Dallas, or is it more like Green Bay is who they are? Uh, I'm not buying the hype from the Niners. I, I, you know, I picked the Niners last week uh, in, in that game, and, and they came through, and that's great. But... You watch the game, and it's like, yeah, they won, but uh, gosh, they tried to give it away, tried everything. And you know what? You try to give it away up in Green Bay, they will get beat because Aaron Rodgers will take it. Um, This line actually this afternoon, Jared, was minus six for for Green Bay, and I took uh, Green Bay minus six. So I'm certainly going to take them at minus five and a half. I'm not (laughs) insane. So, yeah, I think Green Bay gets it done. I think they're just a little bit better than the 49ers here. Um, And, you know, 49ers can run the ball, and I think that's going to give – Green Bay some problems, but I think Rodgers puts up points in this game, so I'm going Green Bay. Yeah, I don't, ultimately don't think the San Francisco can can match that offense with Green Bay, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I think Dallas, like you say, Dallas just did everything they could, including running the ball uh, with uh, eight seconds left yeah. in the game. They tried to give the game to him, and they did, and uh, you know, ton of penalties, like 14 penalties or something. So. No, I'm with you, Green Bay minus five and a half as well. All right, LA Rams. This is one. This one is interesting to me. LA Rams at Tampa Bay. The Rams, however, really coming in off a very kind of 
imp very impressive game, and they kind of getting some hype here as of being an upset team to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got a ton of injuries. Tampa Bay's minus three at home. Halterman, does this smell like an upset to you? It does, yeah. Papa Dude and I talked about it. That, that all four games are going to be fantastic, but the Sunday games are going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> like these are the games, and and we both kind of said, "Hey, the winners of the Sunday games—that's who we think are going to probably be in the Super Bowl." You know, obviously, you know, we got one more data point where we'll see, and maybe maybe somebody will surprise us Saturday. But it just kind of feels like these two teams are, or these four teams playing on Sunday are pretty good. But to this game. Uh, I think the Rams defensive line gives uh, Tampa a lot of trouble. Uh, and I think the one thing that Brady needs is time. And with offensive linemen hurt and the fact that the Rams defensive line is good anyway, even if they were, you know, uh, had, had all their offensive linemen, I think they get enough pressure on Brady to kind of slow him down. I'm a little bit worried about Stafford. I'm not a huge believer in him. I think he's going to be good enough in this game. I, I have the Rams plus three here. I think I think they beat him. I agree with you as well. I think wow. uh, I think I know we're three for three here. We'll see. We're, we're... going to be four for four. <laughs> uh oh, Steve. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think Tampa. It kind of feels like they're going into this game. The Rams are just are peaking at the right time, whereas you know they're getting all the guys are very healthy. Uh, defense is finally really healthy. Offense looks to be clicking like they were really were most of the season. Um, and Tampa just seems to be struggling a little bit. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's Tampa. It's it's Brady. I mean, of course, like, <laughs> you're going to win games. But this feel, I, I'm with you. I think ultimately the game will be won by the defensive pressure they can put on Brady. If they don't, then they're in trouble. But I think they will. And I like that plus three as well for the Rams. The Rams are serious. I'm with you. I, I've been thinking Green Bay all along in terms of a Super Bowl. Uh, getting the Super Bowl, but the Rams—if they go up and beat Tampa Bay—that's that's a that's a big that's a big win. Then that that Tampa Bay Green Bay game—I'm mean, sorry, the Rams uh, Green Bay game would be a really really good one. All right, great. Let's go to the biggest game really of the year, probably um, Buffalo at KC. Now this is a basically a pick'em game, and really, if you go, throw out the the home field advantage uh, kind of factored in, Buffalo's a favorite, but it is Kansas City. Minus one and a half at home. Getting to play Buffalo again. They got stomped by Buffalo earlier this year. Of course, they beat Buffalo last year in the AFC Championship to get to the Super Bowl. Halterman, Kansas City versus Buffalo. This is, I mean, I've been telling everybody all along, I was like, I, I, the winner of this game is going to the Super Bowl. Like, to me, that, that is what's going to happen. I, I, and even as a Chiefs fan, I'm not quite sure who it's going to be. Both teams just got so much better as the season went on, you know, and, and really, shockingly enough, you know, Mahomes was a problem early in the year. And a lot of people like, well, they're doing this, they're doing that. I said, but yeah, they always do that. But Mahomes will cover up all their problems. And he was playing like a normal quarterback. And Josh Allen really was, too. He was not playing great the first half of the year either. But when these two quarterbacks turned it on, these two teams were the two best going down the stretch. Uh, you know, I know the Chiefs lost a game in Cincinnati, but it was a bullshit game. Definitely should have won. It got screwed out of that game. Listen, I think they're the two best teams. End of the day, I still trust Mahomes a little bit more than I do Allen. And I trust that the, that the Chiefs defense will be able to slow him down just a little bit better than the Bills will be able to slow down Mahomes. I'm taking the Chiefs. I think one and a half, you know, I, I it's just like that's not enough points for me to take the Bills. So I, I'm definitely going Chiefs. 
I like it. I'm glad that you're going there. Makes me feel better, uh, a little bit better. I'm, I'm going with Chiefs as well. I just, I mean, ultimately you're picking who you think is going to win, and yeah. I don't necessarily think <laughs> I'm going to pick Bills here. I, I, I honestly, either way, and I, that's what, I mean, I've been telling that's why I tell everybody. It's like I'm not. I mean, I, I love my Chiefs, but I'm a realist. I'm like, listen, this. <laughs> This is this game's not gonna be the, for the faint of heart. Like no. it could go either way. It really could. And uh, you know, yeah, I, I, the Chiefs' defense is a thousand times better um, than it was when we played the Bills earlier this year. You're ultimately, I think this is gonna come down to coaching, uh, coaching and lack of turnovers. Ultimately, you know, just kind of discipline, uh, well disciplined in the game because I do think both teams are really, 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 really good. So I have the Chiefs, but I think it's gonna come down to, to the end of the game. I really do. Um, it, it's if you go by if you go by like statistics we're due it's, it's, it's a josh allen down game just saying like if you look at it, every game he's played his career it's up down up down up down and you can look at the stats steve <laughs> and you can see that every time up down up down he took he kind of looked down last you know last year in the afc championship so we'll see but uh until proven otherwise, to me, everything goes through Kansas City, other than, of course, the AFC Championship, uh, if they make it here there this year. And the pressure, to me, even though the Chiefs are the favorite, the pressure's on the Bills, and the pressure specifically is on Allen. Because the Chiefs have been there, done that, right? And I know the Bills beat them in the regular season. I don't mean shit now. Like, this is the game. This is the game where the Bills and Josh Allen could step out and say, you know what? We're just as good as them, and our quarterback's just as good as them. And as much as you don't want to hear that, that's going to be the narrative if the Bills win this game. Josh Allen and Mahomes are are, are equal, or you know, on the same level. But if Mahomes and the Chiefs win, the Bills are still they're still going to be thought of as they're not quite as good. They're not good enough. He, he, a quarterback's not good as as good as Mahomes. The pressure's on the Bills. The Bills got to go knock off the quote unquote team that's holding the championship belt, right? Um, so to me, I think, I think that favors the chiefs in this game. It's going to be harder for the bills to win this than the chiefs to win it. That's the way I look at it. Do I think the bills have a shot? Absolutely. And I like Josh Allen a lot. I think he's really good, but mm -hmm. I'm going to go with, with Mahomes and the chiefs until proven otherwise. And I, I mean, I, I just know this from, from following the team so closely, like I have my whole life really, but, um, this like Mahomes and company, like they're love, like they love this, especially the defense. Um, this all this hype to Buffalo, or you're mm -hmm. seeing all over. Like this is gonna, this, like it's a bad to me. I love the way we're going into this game. Like everyone's counting the Chiefs. It's all Bills. Bill, you know, Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Mahomes. And this is this is just Bills' year. This is they, they you know, the defense. Uh, it, it can't stop him and blah blah blah. It's like okay, like that's great. Like you're saying, all that pressure is on the Bills to perform. It really the is. Are, are like, yeah, all right. And and let me just say this, because I do think it could go either way. Like, obviously, I'm picking the Chiefs. But if the Bills beat them, like, it's you know how hard it is in the NFL to beat a good team twice in the same season? It's mm -hmm. almost impossible to beat, it, like, to beat, like, you know, beat the Raiders twice a year. I mean, come on. But, or dimmer. But, I mean, it's like, if you can beat a good team two times in the same year, like that's tough because you know you obviously the second time you play them you learn something about them about you know whatever. I think it's gonna like if the Bills can do it again in Arrowhead, you know on a on the big stage, 
Like they're the real deal and yeah. they should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They've arrived if they have, but it's it's awful tough to do that, you know? And then that's just it. Uh, here's a question, last question. Uh, well, for me anyway. Winner of this game, let, let's just assume Tennessee wins for the sake of argument. Winner yeah. of this game, will they be favored next week in Tennessee? I think so. I do too. Because a lot of people believed, especially if it's, I mean, I, yeah, either way. Well, yeah, because it's either way, because a lot of people believe Kansas City was the one seed, right? Everyone's like, mm-hmm. well, they, they screwed up. They should have got the one seed, but they are the one seed. So if they were to go and beat Buffalo, well, of course, they just proved they're the one seed. Buffalo, on the other hand, beats the Chiefs. Well, they just beat the Chiefs. They should be the one. You know what I mean? So to me, I think everyone kind of is – no one really liked Tennessee being the one seed, right? No, no one really bought that. So I'm with you. I think uh, I think they're the I think whoever they're going to be the visiting favorites. Yeah, I think they're the favorites unless Tennessee wins like 41 to 10. You know, yeah. something no, like no, that. No, no, that's a good point. And yeah. both teams lost to Tennessee this year, as Mark says. In that, in, it's insane. Yeah, I know. And and the Chiefs weren't even competitive. They they got absolutely curb stomped against them. The Buffalo game was close. Uh, so, but yeah, they both lost. And again, yeah. I, like I said, I think both of them are the favorite next week if they win. And then obviously if they, if, if either one of them play the Bengals, I think they're six and a half probably point favorites in the game. So uh, yeah, just something, the, something to look at. The Tennessee game was the most embarrassing loss uh, in the Mahomes era. You oh know? yeah. It was uh, by far, you know? So yeah, it, there's a lot to be said and yeah. um, about that. And obviously again, another different team, but still, I mean, you, you know, they're thinking about it. So and any, t- you know, it not, I don't think Tennessee's like, I don't think they're the best team in the AFC, but to go into Tennessee and beat them in the AFC championship is not going to be exactly easy, Mm-mm. especially if they do look really good uh, this weekend. And, you know, King Henry is somewhat the same as he has been all year. And, and they do look, I mean, to beat them at home is going to be tough. Oh, and by the way, I, someone asked, I don't know, someone asked earlier, um, Weather's supposed to be decent. It's I think it's like, you know, forties, thirties, yeah. probably by game time. So, no, 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 like rain or snow or anything like that. So, I think it should yeah. be normal. Yeah, uh, yeah, it should for for Kansas City in January. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Buffalo, it's a heat wave. So that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're going to love playing out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be really fascinating to see that game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose some uh, some years off my life at this game. I, 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 it's just gonna be one of those. But I am going into it with the right mindset. Like I know it's gonna be a battle. I think it could go either way. I mean, it, it's uh, it's a whole it's a totally different these days being a Chiefs fan. It's like not I've, used to be going every game thinking, well, I hope we hope we keep it competitive. I would love to upset them. That'd be amazing. And now you're like, well, they're all trying to knock us off. So yeah. That's a good, good problem to have. All right. Again, if you want full analysis of that, uh, those uh, all these games, of course, go listen to the Dudes Who Bet Sports podcast and all those same channels. All right. That's going to be a wrap for Bleakers Off. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, of course, we'll be back next week. I, there, I've, I've heard some rumors there might be something going on tomorrow night. Uh, Sam Houston, is that tomorrow night? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I might be on, as I told, uh, I told Magic, I thought you would uh, – you would be at least participating on my end, which is the, the drinking and the the uh, well the rooting them on. 
Rampage ends at 10, then I'll come on. <laughs> hey, what was that video I saw uh, on Twitter or something that you probably, I assume you reshared it about the Stinger on, in traffic or something? What the hell was Sting, that? Sting and Darby Allen were in traffic after the game, or after the game, geez, after the match last night. And they were behind a car that had an AEW license plate. So Darby Allen got his phone and goes, watch this. We're going to go surprise these guys. And they went up and and ran to the window and was like, you know, waving at him, basically. And the guys were like, oh, my God, that's Sting and Darby Allen. <laughs> <laughs> then they just ran back in their car. It was pretty funny. Oh, what? I couldn't figure out what the I, – I, he said I thought Stinger, so I assumed it was, but I didn't, I didn't recognize him. So, anyways. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. We might be doing a live uh, tomorrow night, I supposedly, the late pick four at Sam Houston, and obviously talking to football with Magic and Stomach. And I told him I didn't give a shit about Sam Houston, but I might be on – for moral support and well you know throw some picks out there and of course uh talking in the fell as well so um maybe stay tuned for that and of course we'll be back next week for all pegs to talk all right guys i'm jared welch he's aaron halterman good luck this weekend go chief racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets <laughs> oh dennis hi Denny do all right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit.